Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Unfair expectations. That is our next order of business. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, if you listen to me and you have over the years, you know I am by no means ever hesitant to criticize officiating and officials. Um, I have done more than my share of it over the years. But here's what I think, where I think I have netted out on this call at the end of the Super Bowl. It is unfair. What I expected them to do last night is an unfair thing for me to expect. And here's what I mean by that. The official's job is to make the call. Now, I genuinely believe that the officials go into games with a game plan, which is to say, if teams have been trash-talking each other, if there's reason to believe this could escalate into issues, they're going to call things a lot closer. I think as a general rule in the Super Bowl, the officiating is usually a little lighter. I think that the league does not want a festival of flags in the Super Bowl. And again, let me make this 1,000% clear. I'm not suggesting that any of this is rigged. But I'm saying I do think they go in, either we're going to call a lot tonight or we're not. We're going to let stuff go. And last night they were letting stuff go. There were so few penalties called in the game last night, and I loved every second of it. There wasn't a block in the back on every run back. There wasn't holding. There wasn't an offensive hold called on an offensive lineman in the entire game. The only other play that was similar to the pass uh, defensive holding that's called at the end was an offensive pass interference called right near the beginning of the game. So what I am thinking is the officials have set a tone tonight that we're going to let stuff go, and so I want the whistle swallowed at the end because it's going to deprive us, the fans, of the incredible finish. I want to see Mahomes... I want to see Hurts. I want to see what happens going forward. I think there was a real chance we were going to get overtime. Like, that, that right? That, 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 that A real chance. They're going to kick a field goal there. The Eagles, are, the Eagles are going to go down the field. Maybe they score a touchdown and win it. Maybe they turn it over and don't do anything. But there's also, I think, a very good chance that they wind up kicking a field goal and the game goes to overtime. And I most certainly wanted to see that. But where I have netted out, because I came in here this morning with the feeling that I did not want to see that flag thrown. I think what I've come around to is that that's really an unfair expectation for me. That official is standing there. He sees what he sees. No one is arguing it isn't a good call, which is no one is arguing that isn't holding. Ninko even pointed out he's wearing black gloves and he's wearing white sleeves and the Juju Smith-Schuster is wearing a white jersey and it becomes easier to see. I think I have realized that what I'm asking the official to do in that moment is think, well, it is third down, and they're going to have to kick a field goal if they don't convert this. And if they do, they only have two timeouts left, so they can't stop the clock enough times, so they're going to be able to just kneel it out. So I'm really making a call here that's going to decide the Super Bowl. I don't, he doesn't have time to think those things, and no one would want him to be in the first place. It is probably unfair for me to say, I don't want that call made in that situation because none of the thing, none of the reasons are things that we really want the officials taking into account. I think that it's fair. Uh, in this case, I don't even know if this will be a coherent thought or not, but here's how, here's how I would describe, I think, the best way to do this here. The officials are not the problem. Officiating globally, like the practice of officiating is the problem, meaning these guys are 
doing what they're asked to do. Like their bosses are happy with how they're doing. The very best officials this year were the people that were on the field last night. And Roger Goodell said this week that he thinks the game has never been officiated better than it is right now. The problem is not the officials. The problem, the problem is their bosses. The problem is the job description. So long as we are going to have people making these decisions and not AI or something else with they're you know, eventually going to end up doing in baseball, either we're going to have to live with this or we're going to have to make the practice easier, better, the rule book easier to interpret, the, the game easier to call, things of that nature. So the officials aren't the problem here. The practice of officiating is the problem. And I would hope that the NFL, at minimum, can find a way to simplify the game so that the officiating isn't always the story at the end of such unbelievably good games like this was. Greeny with you. We're live in the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Um, so, yes, all that is fine and all that is fair. And yet we did get ourselves a really good game and a really good finish to a really interesting uh, postseason and season. A postseason run in which Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl. Three playoff games. He throws seven touchdowns and zero interceptions. Also runs with the ball incredibly effectively. And we're going to have to start having conversations about his place historically. Now, the fact that he wound up being drafted into one of the great situations ever, what's interesting is people talk about, well, Jalen Hurts landed in a great spot. Jalen Hurts didn't land in a great spot. Jalen Hurts was drafted by a team that was in a state of total flux in which Carson Wentz was kind of tearing everything apart, not purposely, but his very presence, which we have seen now creates the kinds of issues that it does. He was, they were drafted into that team. He was drafted into a team that was rebuilding from a Super Bowl champion into another one. They are definitively a year ahead of schedule. Um, so the, the situation that Jalen Hurts was dropped into was nowhere near as advantageous as the situation that Patrick Mahomes was drafted into. Patrick Mahomes was drafted onto a team with a legendary offensive-minded coach. Andy Reid, who's... He's going to have to be, at this point, considered to be on a short list of the greatest offensive coaches in the history of the sport, if not at the top. I mean, you want, if we're going to go, we're going to have to go all the way back. I mean, if we're going to start including names like Paul Brown and people like that, now we're changing the conversation. But if we're going to do it in the relatively modern era of the sport, let's even say in the Super Bowl era, who are the great offensive-minded coaches? Bill Walsh would probably be at the top of that list. A guy like Don Coryell went into the Hall of Fame this weekend, never won a championship. I think Andy Reid is there with that. I mean, Andy Reid is going to go with a guy like Bill Walsh for that kind of conversation. Yeah, yes? that's, yeah that's right. And Andy Reid, who's 64 years old, whether or not this becomes a dynasty, whether or not it is already and could continue, obviously that's a loaded word and everyone has a different opinion as to what constitutes a dynasty. But there's no obvious reason that if Andy Reid wants to coach till he's, I don't know, 70, that this won't be the Chiefs' lot in life practically every year. I think the comparison for Mahomes is not Brady or Michael Jordan. Like The best comparison for him, I think, is LeBron because every year LeBron is the best player. Every year his team was there at the very end and factored into the outcome. And unless your career is touched by the gods and for good fortune goes your way and your kickers make all their kicks and your GM hits on all your draft picks and all those kinds of things, well, maybe you don't win it every year. But Patrick Mahomes is going to go to like... I don't know, eight or 10 Super Bowls and win a bunch of them. It just comes down to whether or not the ball bounces his way as to whether or not he can overtake Brady. Here's where I'm not sure I agree with you. Because I was asked the question today, we all were for get up. If I had to bet on one of these teams to be back in the Super Bowl next year, which would it be? I'd bet on the Eagles. And I'll tell you why. Look at the NFC 
and look at the competition that they're going to have to get through. The Eagles should get better, not worse. Now, you know far better than I do who some of their free agents are going to be and what players they're going to lose. But I'm well aware they have two draft picks in the first round, which they can easily trade back one or two of them and turn that into four really good players if they want to, something like that. They're going to be really good again next year. And they're going to be, again, in a conference that is markedly weaker. What teams look like they should be their biggest competitors next year? The 49ers and Cowboys again? Probably. Like, that's probably about it. Maybe the Giants take a step forward. I will see. Detroit? Where in the AFC, Mahomes is the best of the names I'm about to mention. But they will have to contend with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence, who was on the come, and Justin Herbert, who was on the come, and Lamar Jackson, who might be, I mean, let's see. Maybe Lamar winds up in the NFC. That's a little different scenario. Oh, by the way, I don't think Deshaun Watson has forgotten how to play football. They have a bunch of good players there. Um, let's see what the Steelers turn into. They're always good. The Dolphins with Tua were good. The Jets might wind up getting someone like Aaron Rodgers, and they could be really good. I mean, I just think that the path, the road that Mahomes has to travel is so much harder than uh, than it is for the Eagles that if I had to bet, I think the smart bet right now is the Eagles to make it back. It's definitely an easier path for the Eagles, but I think what you failed to mention that needs to be is that this was effectively a rebuild year for the Chiefs. Greeny, they got 154 games this year started by rookies. Yeah. The, they had the, the second most rookie contributions, if you will, in the NFL, a lot of that on their defense, which was average. They had the number one offense in the league without a number one or number two wide receiver. Like, if Patrick Mahomes is going to be this kind of great, I'm not sure that I could in, in, sit here in good conscience and say the Eagles, who are going to you know, lose a bunch of their defense and they're going to probably have to pay the quarterback, are going to be able to do this thing. Like, I think the, the, the Chiefs right now are going to be like Brady and Belichick were for two decades, where they should, they should always be factored into the Final Four, no matter what. I agree with that. They should be factored into the Final Four, but I'm willing to put the Eagles in the NFC Championship game right now, too. Dep- I mean, based on injuries and all that other sort of stuff, that always is a factor for everybody. So you're 100% sold now on Jalen Hurts, even if they lose Oh, people. my God. He was incredible last night in, in the biggest game of his life. It didn't look too big for him in the slightest. He made one of the worst mistakes in Super Bowl history, just dropped the ball, and it turned into a touchdown, and he bounced back immediately. It didn't look like he even blinked. But that was the difference in the game, and that's why Mahomes is so great. Mahomes, against the best pass rush ever, took zero sacks, had zero turnovers, and six incompletions. I'm with you. I'm not trying to diminish him, but... Last year against Cincinnati, he also threw, gave the game away in the second half. Sure. He lost an 18-point sure. lead against the Bengals at home in mm-hmm. the AFC Championship game and threw an interception in overtime that led to a game-winning field goal. So no one's perfect, and, and, and Mahomes himself is not going to be perfect. Look, Brady needed to be picked up by his teammates many times over the years. You just said it. You kind of need a lot of things to go right, and it gets harder for all those things to go right the better the teams are that you're playing. Mahomes is going to have a much tougher path to get there. More on this as we continue. Plus, we got to get to some of the ancillary stuff last night. Rihanna, the commercials, and et cetera. We are rolling on on this Super Monday on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. 
Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you would like to help people affected by the earthquake in Turkey, you can visit redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Uh, this, of course, is the music of Rihanna, which we are appropriately playing all morning long. And, and I think that we should take a moment here because all the things that go around the Super Bowl um, and, you know, in concert with the Super Bowl, to use uh, the word there advisedly, um, have become such a part of the story. So was there, and let's bring Bubba in. We haven't heard from Bubba yet all day today. Let's start with the halftime. Rihanna, because she's such a huge star and because she hadn't performed live in so long, that, that was one of the most, if not the most, um, eagerly anticipated halftime shows that I can remember. I just... The, the the fuss that was made over the fact that she was playing uh, at halftime of the Super Bowl, I thought was practically unprecedented. What were your thoughts on the Rihanna halftime show, Bubs? Uh, that's fine. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out here right now. Possible controversial opinion, but I would not be upset if they just did away with the halftime show. Get it out. Why do you say that? What, what, that? That is a they fascinating They don't even take. sing. I mean, they don't. It's a lip sync. They don't even. It's. It's. it's but that's for, true of everything. Like, not sure they do regular away with concerts. concerts. They sure they are. They, believe me, many of the concerts that you well, maybe not that you go to, but that people frequently go yeah, to, not legit concerts. I me, mean, yeah, I don't know what. 
May, who are you going to see in concert? If you're seeing Bruce Springsteen, he's singing. Yeah, if you're rock going to concerts, see concerts, I'm going to see rock concerts. Where most of what is going on is in the performance and the dancing and all that kind of stuff, there are a lot of times that you are not always hearing singing. You don't like the halftime show at the Super Bowl? I, it's, it's Jump the Shark to me. I just think it's 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 Jump the Shark. It's, We've lost Bubba. What is the matter with him? That is a ridiculous take. It's a 30 take. minute waste of time. The half, it takes 30 minutes. Just get back to the game. I actually, Bubba, agree with you. But we're not the demo. Like, we're not the clientele for that. Like, the only thing my wife was looking forward to was hearing Rihanna. And millions and millions of other people who considered the football game last night something that they were just sitting through in order to watch the Rihanna concert. (laughs) That's fine. That that is true. And that's not not exclusive to non-sports fans. So I got Concert is a loose loose term because she didn't say, I mean, it was. I got two 24-year-olds in my house last night. Two, my, my nephew and one of his buddies were over watching the game last night. And they're both as big a sports fans as you can possibly be and had money on a million different things in the game last night and everything else. But they were both also really looking forward to Rihanna and loved every second of it. So, all right, this is a ridiculous b- position for you guys to take. The halftime show is, has never been bigger or more valuable, and Rihanna was terrific. So that's A. B. Did any of the commercials jump out at you last night? Was there one in particular that you liked? Uh, there were there. I thought they actually were better than in years past, honestly, because it, it's been pretty bad for a while. Um, I thought the Will Ferrell. There were a lot of electric vehicle ones. Um, Will Ferrell, I thought was pretty good. The Breaking Bad one was pretty good. Uh, I liked the the Bush Light. Sarah McLaughlin one was funny. Um, you know, uh, no, nothing was unbelievable though. Any of them stand out to you? My favorite one was the the Amazon dog one when they when they bring in the new dog in the kennel yep. and they, they yes. like lead you to believe they're going to give away their uh, badly behaved dog and they add another dog. That, the, yes, I was scared of what might happen at the end of that one. That was a good commercial. I I, I liked the Caddyshack one. And maybe this is just a function of that was how old good, I yeah. am. That was that was good. But but there were two like old movies. That were spoofed in commercials last night. Oh, yeah, night. the Travolta, the Grease was... Oh, was, I guess a third one then. I forgot the Travolta Grease one was great. I had seen that one before, though. That, that, that one was not making its debut. I had seen that one before, I think. Oh, okay, um, I hadn't seen that. I or maybe that I'd seen great. it online. But, but the other one was they had Alicia Silverstone doing Clueless. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like wearing all the old costumes and stuff like that. that that's a movie that I really like. Um, so I thought that was pretty good last night. But my fa- if I had to pick my favorite one, my favorite one was the remake of Caddyshack. Nothing unrelated, nothing inspired me more than to see my head coach crying t- huge tears during the national anthem. That's a good moment. You're, 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 you were into Sirianni crying? Yeah, very into it. Very Are you a fan it. of his? Because he has been described. I think that, look, a lot of people hate the Eagles because they represent the city of Philadelphia. And, and, and we all understand that there's just sort of a lot of negative sentiment um and he has uh, really he has kind of a nice villain quality about him he's he i think he is perceived to be a, a little trash talky a little arrogant a little of that stuff but i have to believe he's one of those that if he's yours you love him yeah he's mine and i love him and i loved him especially in the first half yesterday and not at all in the second half that that was like andy reed is the exact opposite that's the coach we had for a long time i can tell you for sure the Nick Sirianni's Q score right now, even after a Super Bowl loss, is higher than Andy Reid's ever was in Philadelphia, for sure. That's just the nature of the city. But Nick Sirianni got badly outcoached yesterday. I'm curious if he changes his temperament, his demeanor at all. Maybe he won't. But I know for sure that Howie Roseman gave him the opportunity to win that game because he had a better team. And Nick Sirianni's team lost the game anyway. The Philly fans have always been funny to me in that regard. They, they cling, and, and look, 
Rex has become one of my dearest friends. I had breakfast with Rex on Saturday. And Buddy Ryan was an excellent coach. But the love that the Philly fans continue to have for Buddy Ryan, who won a combined total of zero playoff games, as compared to Andy, who won a ton of playoff games and took you to a Super Bowl. I know Andy wound up losing games on, on a number of occasions that he should have won. You lose that many NFC Championship games at home, whatever it is, that, that probably shouldn't happen. Um, so I understand that. But he was he just had an inarguably more successful tenure in Philadelphia than Buddy did, and yet the fans there always compared him to Buddy disfavorably. They always were Buddy-centric. Um, and you're telling me that even now they don't appreciate it and they like Sirianni better. That's right. Andy Reid, who won 10 playoff games with the Eagles, is far and away the best coach the franchise has ever had, will ever have. But he was, in some sense, I think, a victim of his own success. Like He, he built such good teams that the Eagles fans got spoiled in any year in which you didn't win the Super Bowl. You were upset because you thought you should, and he never did that. But I think in I, looking back, like, like years down the road, I think Eagles fans will look back much more favorably on Andy Reid than they did at the time. But he, I can say this for sure, he definitely got a raw deal by the fan base because he was a way better coach than we gave him credit for. Yes, I, I mean, he's going directly to the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think that he needed last night to do so. I think he was going to the Hall of Fame whether they won last night or not, but lest there was any question about it, certainly last night puts an end to it. How much longer do you think he's going to coach? I think there's no way to know. Like, I mean, you know, with a guy like Andy, you, you have a tendency to worry about his health. I mean, he himself mm -hmm. is making jokes about cheeseburgers and, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. But he's only 64 years old. Um, he's a guy who loves coaching. Here, here's one of the things that you know. When he got fired in Philly, he didn't take a year off. Like, he wanted to get right back at it. That's a guy who wants to be on the sideline. I, I don't think he is, his health permitting, I don't think he's that close to being done. I know that there was, he, he made some comments that led people to believe, oh, he hasn't closed the door to retiring at, at, right after this game today, I mean, yesterday. Uh, I laugh at that notion. I don't think Andy Reid is retiring anytime soon. If I had to put the over-under on him coaching to at 69 and a half, I would bet on the over. Okay, so if that's the case, Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old. We talked about how he's already back on the GOAT train now. Let's, let's, play, let's play that this exercise. Let's say five to seven more years for the two of them together, right? What, is, what does that five to seven year stretch look like? Are we going to see two or three more Super Bowl appearances? Yes. No, yes, easily. Appearances, yes, for sure. So you're going to sort of pencil him in for a Super Bowl appearance, something like every other year, even in a loaded AFC? I, I think that if, 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 let's just say for the sake of argument, they have six years together, I think it would be a disappointment if they don't win at least one more, if not, if I'm putting over under, well, let's do it. Let's actually, let, let's, 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 let's do the game. If I put the over-under on how many more Super Bowls they win together at one and a half and how many they make together at two and a half, which way would you be inclined to Oof. bet? Hold that thought. Oof. We'll come back and we'll all do, we will do it. We have all of that plus a, a few more uh, items to get to today. Greeny, the podcast. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won another Super Bowl. It hurts. We'll use this pain. We'll use this failure for motivation for us. You either win or you learn. You either win or you learn. All right, the music of Rihanna all day and the Super Bowl all morning long with us here on ESPN Radio. Her catalog is so expansive that the songs I assumed were absolute staples, she didn't play. She didn't play Don't Stop the Music. She didn't play this. Um, She didn't play um, We Found Love. So quite a few of the bigger uh, Rihanna songs. I, I, was, I liked her a lot last night, um, and I thought the commercials were pretty good, and I thought the game up until the final two minutes was absolutely memorable and spectacular. But anyway, here's the question. Maybe it makes it more fun not knowing how long Andy Reid is going to keep going. I, I do not believe he's going to retire all that soon. He's 64 years old. He's a lifer. This is a guy who coaches, right? There are some guys like that. I don't think he's retiring. What's he retiring to? He's not going to go do TV. That's not Andy's. He, what's he going to become, a chef? I, I don't know, but I mean, you've interviewed him dozens of times, and yes. I've listened to many of them. I agree with you. The sense I get is that he's going to coach until, until something happens, until something changes. He has a 27-year-old quarterback that he's been waiting his entire career to coach. He has that opportunity now. This is a team with legitimate dynasty potential. I don't have any reason to believe that he would retire. The stuff that we, we heard yesterday reported didn't seem to have any teeth to it. I, I think he'll coach until he's at least 70 years old. So let, let me start with Bubba. Bubba, if I put the over-under on the number of Super Bowls that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will win together in the rest of their lives, um, however that winds up turning out, at one and a half, and you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you, which way would you go? And it's just them together, you're saying. Them together. With Andy Reid as the head coach right. and Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. That's who I... Let me make clear. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to right now... This is, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so tell me if I'm getting anything wrong, but I already know I'm not. The entire list of coach-quarterback combos who have won four Super Bowls together, which is what that would be, are Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw. That's the end. There are no more. 
Walsh only coached three of the four Montana Super Bowls, and no one else has won. Well, the quarterback has won four. So you'd be putting them on a list with Nolan Bradshaw and Belichick and Brady, and that's it. So before you say, oh, one and a half, one and a half Super Bowl is a lot. Two Super Bowls is a lot. There are people, many, many, many uh, coaches and quarterbacks who are in the Hall of Fame who never won two, much less four. So, Bubba, you're going over or under on one and a half more. Yeah, I think j- just because of what you're mentioning there and as we talked about earlier, just how good the AFC is and what he's going to have to deal with. And we don't know how long Andy's co- – I'm going to go under. Uh, I just I just want to go under. Under on one and a half together. How about you, Hembo? I'm going to say over because we are a couple plays away from them having been in each of the last five Super Bowls. I don't have they, – they have all the ingredients, all the necessities – to do this. They have the superstar generational Hall of Fame best we've ever seen quarterback. They have the Hall of Fame coach. They obviously have the GM. Look how good that they're immediately able to build around Patrick Mahomes this year in sort of a rebuild and still win the thing. They're going to get better. I think this was probably on paper coming into the season the worst team they've had in the last five years. They won the championship. I think Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to win two more Super Bowls together. Yeah, I mean, two is a reasonable number. I think it's easy to start saying three, four. Oh, he's never stop like the LeBron counting thing. (laughs) Quickly, off the top of my head, the distribution for Brady, he wound up at seven. Obviously, one of them is in Tampa. Two of them were in his 40s, right? He won one of them. The the, the Rams won. He was already 40 years old, right? Yes, he was. I can pull up all those ages now. I'm just trying to do it. How many did he win? So let's say... The Reed-Mahomes era is going to be, I mean, because the Belichick era spanned all of the Brady years in New England, all 20 of them. That, that kind of stuff doesn't usually happen. Um, so let's say this, the, the Reed-Mahomes era would be something like the early part of the Brady era. I, I want to say that when they lost, the, he only had three of them only. He had three Super Bowls when they had the unbeaten season and lost, right? He had three of them came before that. He won one. He won three and four years and then didn't win another for a long time, right? Yeah, he won at 24, 26, and 27. His ages. Yes, that's right. And and, and so that that last one, that's the Carolina one. Mm. And then what's the next one that they won after that? The Seattle one? 2014, yeah. So he won in 2004. Let me do this. Let me see if I got this. Sure. He beat the Rams. He beat the, the Eagles. And the Panthers. Those are the three that he won in the early stage of his career. Mm-hmm. Then he lost to the Giants. Then he lost to the Giants again, right? That's consecutive Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, 07 and 11. Then the, the Malcolm Butler game? Yes, 2014 was his next win. He went 10 years, nine seasons, I guess, in between winning championships. In between championships. championships. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me just stop myself. He won a decade without winning one. This is Brady and Belichick we're talking about. So, and Why? Because Peyton jumped in there and won some. Ben Roethlisberger, another Hall of Fame quarterback, jumped in there and won some. So that's going to happen to Mahomes. Like I, I, it, It's not realistic to me to say, well, Mahomes is going to do to Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and all these other really good young players what Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods did to their generations. Like No one is going to wind up winning anything because those guys win it every year. It's not the way sports generally ever works, especially in a sport where through no fault of his, someone important could get hurt, and that would be the end of that. But the thing about Mahomes is that let's, he's better than Brady. Like Mahomes, at least at this point in his career, is way better than Brady. He's already, he won two MVPs before Brady age-wise won one. Tom Brady was not carried, but 
helped a lot, buttressed at least, by the defenses early in his career. I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes has been the reason the Chiefs have gone to 3-1, and one too. So Patrick Mahomes was far more highly touted coming out of college. I'm telling you something you already know. But Tom Brady was the 199th pick in his draft, and Patrick Mahomes was the 10th pick in his draft. I, I believe six quarterbacks went ahead of Brady the year he came out. One quarterback, cover your ears in Chicago, um, one quarterback went ahead of Mahomes the year he got drafted, and that, of course, was Mitch Trubisky who was the second pick in that draft. What a trivia question someday. Well, Mitch, I mean, Mitch Trubisky is going to have, look, I don't know Mitch personally. I feel a little bad for him. I thought he would do better in Pittsburgh than he did this year. Um, I think that's probably pretty much it for him as a starter in the NFL. He'll, he'll make a living being a backup for a long time. He's got a little Sam Bowie in him, though, right? Like, he's he is going to be the Sam. The answer to the question of the people who got drafted ahead of Jordan you know who they are, right? There's two players that got drafted ahead of Jordan. One of them is Akeem Olajuwon. Now, Olajuwon is not historically as great as Jordan, but no one can say that was a bad pick. Akeem Olajuwon is a first ballot Hall of Fame, all-time great who won two championships. Unfortunately, Sam Bowie was drafted then in between those two, and then Jordan went third. That's kind of where Trubisky is. Here's the question, though. If, if Patrick Mahomes had been drafted by Chicago... Would he have any championships? Definitely right not. Definitely not. No, definitely not. Th- that's, I mean, absolutely not. And, and, and Args, I'm glad you brought me to that. Like, who's more, okay, Mahomes is more important than Reed to this, to what the Chiefs have done, as evidenced by the fact that Andy was there and didn't win any championships without him. But I don't think Mahomes... I don't think you can remove the circumstances into which he was drafted from the discussion about his greatness. It's not diminishing him to say he walked into a magnificent situation. Look, I mean, I, if, if he got drafted into the situation Daniel Jones got drafted into or Sam Darnold got drafted into or Mitch Trubisky got drafted into or many other guys, would he have ultimately been a successful player? I'd like to think he would have been, but it certainly wouldn't have happened this fast he wouldn't have two championships and two MVPs by the age of 27. That's not a criticism of him. Sometimes lightning gets caught in a bottle, and he has he has been in the right place in the right time and done the work. He also taking nothing away from him. Sure, but Andy Reid coached was a head coach every year from 1999 to 2018 without winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's won four in the, two, uh, two in the last four years. I mean, we'd have to be super reductive in our analysis here, but. Patrick Mahomes is obviously different and better than all the rest, and we have no reason to believe that the two of them every year combined. Like, that's the perfect marriage thing. Like, that's who, who what they've are, done. So his quarterback in Philly was McNabb. He was his best quarterback in Philly. I mean, who, who else was his quarterback? Well, he had Michael Philly. Vick for a time. He had Michael Vick he for a time. He was still there when Vick was there? Yes, he was. Oh. They overlapped okay. by... All right. I, I remember how who? many years. Um well, it was a smorgasbord aside from that. You know, uh, Mark Sanchez uh, was our quarterback for a little while and a bunch of other sort of anonymous oh, guys. So, but, but that's all the way to, 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 to the Nick Foles and the... Um... the Nick, Nick Foles is, yeah, that was more of a Chip Kelly thing. Nick Foles was... was right, see, that's what Chip I was Kelly. thinking of. Yeah. Like, I forgot that, that Vic was there with... Wasn't Vic there with Chip Kelly? Am I getting that totally wrong? Yeah, they, he was there when they... Because we went from Reed 
to Kelly, and Vic straddled both. Like, okay. He, he, yeah, he did That's both. what I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember Michael Vick there with Chip Kelly, and th- that's what I thought I had in my head. Well, either way, the point of it is this. Let's let you um, take the floor here because you, of course, are our Eagles fan. One of the biggest 2023 hiring challenges, by the way, is standing out to top talent, break through the clutter, and attract the most qualified candidates for your team with ZipRecruiter's matching technology. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. So, You know something that neither Bubba nor I know. Bubba has never seen his team make the Super Bowl and lose. The Cowboys have played in three Super Bowls in Bubba's conscious lifetime, and they've won all three. I have never seen my team play in the Super Bowl at all, win, lose, or draw. So as a fan, neither of us knows the particular pain that you are feeling this morning, how would you describe it? Um, I would describe it as as sort of of empty, actually. Like a very unsatisfying loss, if that's a good way to describe it, because of the way that it ended. Like, you just had to slowly watch your team march to its death with the penalty and then the subsequent field goal. But the more and more time that has elapsed this morning and the more, the, and more uh, text messages that I'm receiving from my friends while I'm on the air that are listening to the show and local shows, I become less and less angry by what happened at the end of the game with the officiating, because this was not like a New Orleans Saints-type missed mm-hmm. call five years ago. The reason the Eagles lost the Super Bowl was because their defensive coordinator... Bleep the bed. That's exactly what happened here. I feel like a horse is behind because over the last two weeks, on this show and others, I've told everyone how historically great my defense is, my pass rush is, how talented my group is on defense. The Eagles are spotted a double-digit lead at halftime on defense, and the Kansas City Chiefs went 4-4-4 in driving in the second half. Patrick Mahomes, on one leg, went 13-14. of He dropped back to pass 31 times in the game. He was not sacked one time by a team that had 78 sacks coming into it, and the Kansas City Chiefs averaged more than six yards per carry on the ground. The Chiefs won the line of scrimmage. So what happened here? My defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, was not able to scheme up any pressure. The whole season, what we learned here is that Howie Roseman, the Eagles' general manager, put the best people on the field. Howie Roseman built a great defense, and Jonathan Gannon rolled the balls out, said, rush the passer, I don't need a blitz, I can play my vanilla coverage and be fine, right? Until you played a decent quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, obviously much better than decent quarterback, but he had zero answers in the second half. One incompletion? Jonathan Gannon's second half game plan is such that, it's a, I would describe it as like a fireable offense type thing. He obviously wouldn't have been fired, wouldn't be fired. We know the Arizona Cardinals might hire him. He is the person whom I am angriest at this morning, and I think Philadelphia is catching on as we speak. Yeah, I get it. And, and even the play that, that Mahomes threw the incompletion, it was done on that drive down by the goal line where on the next play he threw the touchdown, and Dan did a great job explaining to us this morning the purpose of that play was to sort of set up the following one. Anyway, no, Mahomes took his, ate his lunch. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Mahomes and the Chiefs ate his lunch yesterday. If you had told me coming into the football game, Jalen Hurts would account for four touchdowns, something no quarterback has ever done in a Super Bowl loss. If you had told me entering the game, the Eagles would score 35 points, a total that no team has ever lost in the Super Bowl or conference championship, I would have been 100% certain that my team would have won the football game because I happen to have the 85 Bears pass rush. Where were you? And John Gannon, once it was obvious to all of us that the, the Chiefs had their, um, that had their uh, uh, buttons covered with um, pass protection— were you not able to scheme up any pressure at all? It doesn't take a good coach to say, let's go, guys. Like, you just pin your ears back and rush these four guys, and you got 78 sacks on the season. When that doesn't happen, did you not have plan B? All he did was play soft man coverage the entire second half, rarely blitzed, and this, like, honestly, the Eagles got what they deserved. They got what they deserved last night. I hate to say it, but that's the guy I hate today. The Jonathan Gannon. F- the Philly in him has come out. 
We have finally seen the Philly in Hembo. This is a man who would boo Dak Prescott when he wins the, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award as the most admirably philanthropic person in the National Football League. It's like booing someone when they receive, they receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and yet uh, the Philly fans do it, and so Hembo has done it. Tomorrow we're going to ask a question on this show. Bubba, put this in the document right now so we don't forget to do it tomorrow. Joe Theismann once said, I remember Mike was furious, that having lost a Super Bowl, he'd rather have not made it at all than go to the Super Bowl and lose. And Mike, who never got to play in the Super Bowl, always hated that. As a fan, would you rather your team didn't make it all than to get there and lose? We'll talk about that tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.